0: up everyone and welcome to our review of the mandalorian episode 7 the reckoning you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, anchor and youtube this review just so everyone knows is going to be spoiler content so if you don't want spoiler contents go away but come back after you watch the episode we'd love to have you again but abort the emission, because from now on it will it will have spoilers so john How's it going?
1: Man, it's going so good now. There is so much Star Wars stuff going on. I can't wait to talk about this episode.
0: Yes. Uh, And so can I. uh, I feel definitely the same way. This was good. Uh, Directing was Deborah Chow. She returns and she also directed episode three, which was my favorite. But now it's my second favorite. Uh, We have some new characters and some returning characters. We got Moff Gideon, who uh, joins us. He's more on him new? later Juan Carlos Esposito's character yes and uh, what did you think about him
1: I will definitely have a lot more to talk about in a little bit but I feel like they they brought the heaviness I feel like with his character and this the whole tone of this series has pivoted so good and it's it's exactly what I was hoping for in a, in a villain and in an episode and um, I we took a long time to get here I think But I'm excited that we're here finally.
0: Yeah, this is definitely one of those um, things in the episode uh, that was menacing and I really liked his character. We had some return people to it. Uh, Returning was Quill, the Ugnaught in the first episode. We had Cara Dune from episode four. She was, uh, that's uh, Gina Carana's character. Uh, Nick Nolte played Quill. Uh, Grief Karga, Carl Weathers, he is also back in this episode. He is the Bounty Hunter Guild Head. Uh, IG 11, uh, Taika Watiti's character, is uh, also back in a hilarious montage that was great of him relearning how to be a robot. <laughs> and then The Client by uh, Werner Herzog, and he has made his return as well.
1: For the last time.
0: For it, yes, for the last time. Died in a blaze of glory. Loved it. Uh, and so we'll talk, we're going to hit some, some pretty good beats, and, but I want to hit cinematography first. The space scenes, when they're in space, and I really loved what they did, which is what older Star Wars movies do, or not older, but just the Star Wars films themselves, when a ship's approaching a planet, they show the planet and they show the ship approaching it. And I felt like when we were revisiting the planets to get Gina Carano, to get Quill, uh i really enjoyed that aspect of showing the razor crest like in the frame heading towards the planet and the color of the planet and all that stuff it was really cool no
1: it's a beautifully shot episode uh deborah chow i think has a great eye for these things she's doing the uh, obi-wan series later on uh down the road and it makes me really excited to see what she's going to do when she's the showrunner for that and has complete control over everything Um, But definitely, like you said, episode three, episode seven now, uh, (laughs) seven, seven now. Definitely Uh, not six, please.
0: (laughs) Don't put, don't, don't compare the two. Oh
1: my God. Uh, But three and seven are definitely my favorite episodes of the series so far. And I think it's primarily because of her directing.
0: Yes. uh, And it definitely gives us Star Wars fans uh, some good clarity for what's to come. Uh, further, but then going on the ground, uh, there was a few things that they sh- that her shots that I thought were pretty interesting to point out. So we had the the nighttime battle against the elements. <laughs> uh, those creatures—they're not Minox because I know that's the discussion that people would have. They're like boogaloo's or some something like that. Electric boogaloo's. <laughs> no, the um, Carl Weathers character calls Baby Yoda this. And that's what the baby is supposed to look like, the, the little baby of those yes. things that attack him. So, uh, which is why it's funny when he's like, oh, it's about to eat me. But um, yeah, so they get attacked by those uh, Jurassic Park looking creatures, which was shot so great. Another nighttime scene. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, very well done. Gina Carano is with the little giant minigun shooting everything. And we have the... Uh, these dinosaur things taking uh, one of the the blurgs, it? yeah, taking one of those away and just the
1: just uh, wreaking havoc,
0: wreaking havoc. It was it was very great how the shots focused in on like Mando getting taken or like the Ugnop trying to like be like no, don't take her. Like the the, the way the shots are set up, um, where you see them shooting into the night and not really hitting anything, but you see them flying around the scene
1: it was very good. I I think I mentioned this in maybe the last episode, but I really think the show does a great job and really shines when it's got a a stronger element of mystery to it, whether it be uh, the characters themselves and their backstories or the surrounding uh, around the characters. But the fact that again, it's at night, it's uh, a little misty or a little cloudy. You can't, the visibility is super low. There's that suspense. There's that drama to it. Um, that that type of scene I feel like is when this show really excels for the most part.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And uh, then we have the bar shootout that happens, or more like the gun down. Oh my god! Uh, the visceral destruction of the environment, of the blasters firing off into the bar, was really a great shot. Uh, everything looked like it was destructible. I really enjoyed that about the scene. And then the tie fighter landing, also very cool. Uh, that they did the CGI looked great on it. It almost felt looked like Force Awakens coming down. Yeah, uh, the way they shot the tie fire one was in the hangar, and yeah, th- those were those those shots kind of put in perspective the the budget we're dealing with here. That the that the, the showrunners want this to be right. Oh yeah, they're they're
1: definitely putting in all the detail, all the the quality that that this kind of show deserves. And what I really love about this episode is that it's finally tying together elements from these previous episodes that we've seen and giving us that better perspective that I've really been asking for this whole time of IG-11 returning in in an unexpected way, which (laughs) it was was so appropriate and felt really uh, natural for that kind of character, for Quill to be that caretaker that he's been, to then find that droid and raise it and really uh, teach Mandalorian that lesson of uh, these are neutral creatures. They only uh, take on the directives of those who program them, which then kind of reflects baby Yoda to the Mandalorian of this guy can, this creature can turn out whatever way it, it can. Um, but it's more of who's going to be raising it. Cause we saw with the force choking, it has a dark side. Yes. It's, it has that potential to be destructive, but it's, you have to teach it empathy you have to you have to teach it to be a better a better thing
0: well we saw mandalorian like when baby yoda started doing this like please no and she's a friend yeah because i guess it, it could tell that he was uh in some way under attack
1: well and even when when he was saying that like you could see baby yoda shaking its head like no she was trying to hurt you yeah. what are you doing
0: yeah exactly baby yoda looked um confused he's like i thought i was doing it good yeah dada <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that um so that was really cool, and the acting was pretty great. It Almost looked like that, like she was clawing, clawing at her, at her neck. She's like, "What the heck is going on?" And it the same way, like the officer that was choked by Vader was like, like clawing at his jacket, like. Ooh!
1: It's been a while <laughs> since we've had a good force choke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Anakin's. Oh. Or you're just like Anakin's. It was not. Was not like theirs. But it was just a simple put the hand out. Yeah. Anakin was like. Uh, when he force chokes Padme, he's like, sh- his hand is shaking and he's like looking really intense. Whereas like, oh, you can't see Darth Vader's expression, mm-hmm. but he just like puts his hand out like, like
1: he's at, in full like control. A, like
0: whimsically, like, <laughs> like oh, here you go. Uh, but there was one one thing about the cinematography I didn't like, which is the the scout troopers on the speeders while they're speeding towards Quill. Yeah. It looked pretty bad. Well, I mean,
1: okay, look, man, you can't have everything, okay? I, I we're here to critique. I know. Have to say at least one thing. No, yeah, have it all.
0: this is something that this is something that with the current technology that we have, I understand why they shot it the way it did, but I didn't like it just because. So it almost looks like the nineteen uh, the nineteen eighties rendering of Endors, uh, speed the 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 speeders. Yeah, while on those bikes uh, with the scout troopers and what i was thinking about in my head is like how can you make this shot better because it looked very disorienting mm-hmm. like you know you have these you have these speeders in focus and everything else is going really quick past them but it did not look clean so in my head i was like well how do you make this shot better is by by either either f- uh following them on a top down which is what they did with quill's character and his uh on his blurb yeah uh, while he's running to get to the ship really quick, they have one top-down shot that was really good. And I think you could have done that for the speeders and followed them along the environment so it didn't look as disorienting between the molten rock and then the air, like the the sky. Yeah. So that doesn't disorient you as much. You just keep that the molten rock in perspective as you're top-downing them, speeding past everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing with that is that they were trying to portray that sense of urgency and the um like the rate at which they were catching up to quill and to give you that sense of are, is he going to make it or are they going to catch him and that um almost that sense of the unknown as far as where they were necessarily in relation to quill and how close he was to the ship so if you go a little higher up and get that little bit larger perspective you can kind of put two and two together and say oh no they are absolutely going to catch him and gives you that certainty for his um demise um whereas if they keep it tight keep it close i i get i think i get what they were trying to do and just it, they I, wanted they,
0: to tell me if you didn't get the feeling of Endor chase
1: i mean i did but, but I, I think they almost wanted it to be a little disorienting because they wanted the audience to be um unsure about what was going to happen next and where they were um because i mean like you they never really gave that sense of perspective of where the town was compared to where the ship was. You don't know how far it was, how fast they're going. So for them to kind of be chasing him for an indeterminate amount of time, they need a little bit more uncertainty about how much they're catching up to Quill at one given time.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. uh, From the beginning, I knew that um, they walked. So like Mando, uh, Kara, and Quill all got on a blurg and they, the blurgs kind of, you know, not really fast, but slowly made their way towards, uh, the Navarro settlement. Yeah. And so when he hands baby Yoda to Quill and he's like, Hey, get there as fast as you can. And you see the blurb running. I was like, okay. So this shows the urgency that he has to get it locked down. And he, it, it, that was a nice, that was nice to see that. Mm-hmm. um and that's how like when they got on the speeders like i had a feeling like they were going to catch up because they were going way faster than the blur, which is why i like that shot of the of their choice to show the blurb running through the lava fields yeah it, 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 just for me i, I felt like it could have been shot a little bit better even if you do a still shot mm-hmm. and you show speeders flying by that shot It also gives you a sense of like, oh my God. Kind of like what they have in NASCAR. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Where they have like, they'll be showing like the finish line. Mm -hmm. And you just see like a ton of cars go by. Yeah. Kind of like that. You could have a similar shot to that and then do a follow perspective. But we only saw mostly the follow perspective. That's fair. But uh, going forward, uh, after us hitting this, what are your thoughts on this episode?
1: I was more expecting that these types of events were going to happen in the finale and we were going to be left on a major cliffhanger like this so for us to still have 30 to 40 minutes of content left um and we've already seen everything that's been in the trailer so we have no footage to go off of um it's it's really exciting for me to to not know what's going to happen next, and to have no basis of anything. And I know we talked about this in the last episode, where I wanted the Mandalorian to be broken down after how much how how long they've spent building him up in these previous uh, episodes and side quests that he's been on. Um, so for him to be pinned down with the support of a Republic shock trooper who's very experienced in combat, and to have grief carga. Uh, who has proven himself to be uh, so much of a quick draw that he surprised the Mandalorian and Cara Dune um, in that shot where he kills yeah. off both of the other bounty hunters Which but he, is cool. he took them both by surprise and me I think as well because up until this point he's he's been more of a figurehead I think in, in the uh, the guild and he's not really been in any action um, I feel like he's been more of a talker maybe just had a strong history as a bounty hunter but for him to be seen in action you see what he's capable of. You know he's a good fighter. So for for the Mandalorian to have two strong allies and then still be overpowered um, by Moff Gideon, it gives you that perspective of this is the type of villain we have now. This is how much they are being overpowered and how little chance they have of, of getting out the way they want. Um, I, I can't wait to see what happens in the finale. And like I said in the last breakdown we did, I really hope that they continue to break down the mandalorian as a character i want them to just strip him of his armor break him down to his bare bones to where he has to spend the whole next season scraping and crawling through the dirt to get back to where he was before um, because we've seen him at his peak and i want to see him at his lowest and i don't think that's going to happen if he's left um just with full armor, full armor full protection everything he has currently I think they need to continue to break him down and really set up season two.
0: Yeah, you've called you've called this series so far pretty well, where you said that they're going to kidnap Baby Yoda, and although my comments were controversial in the last one, where I thought killing Baby Yoda <laughs> to the only way to save the series, I think the return. I think that was my response to like this series needs to be dramatic. Stop toying with my emotions, and I'm back on the high of Mandalorian. Uh, that is for sure, but. Uh, I think, we've said it before, um, Deborah Chow, this is my favorite episode now, and it's also done by her. The returning plot of Baby Yoda, you know, his origins, which we did get a piece of when they're in the Razor Crest with Quill. And Quill's like, when they see the the Baby Yoda use the Force to choke mm-hmm. uh, Gina Carano, and then also, when he heals uh, Grief Karga, yeah. which was... Uh, Amazing, it's uh, a new force power we've never seen. It, 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 that we've seen in canon, you're right. Uh, it is in legends, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know specifically what, but that's what people online have been saying is that this, this power is in legends, which also is a great callback to when Mandalorian got hurt in episode two. Yeah, he got hurt, and you know, baby Yoda's crawling over to him. And, it, and even in that shot, if I remember. With that, it felt like Baby Yoda wanted to help him.
1: Yeah, he was putting his arm out. He was closing his eyes like he was about to try and heal him. And then Mendo's like, no,
0: go back into the carriage. Yep. So now we get to see what that is in this episode, which is an amazing callback. It's it, Very, very similar shot. I loved it. And uh, the death of Quill. R.I.P. R- rest in peace, Quill. This set this off for me. Yes. I. It really got me... Thinking about you know his character, he's almost like the Obi Wan mm-hmm. of this series, where he's very wise. He knows about the Empire. He you know maybe not in the same way as Obi Wan, but he he just doesn't. He's not like the go getter to be looking for the fight. You know how do we avoid an engagement and still get the task done? Um, the way he describes the droid and fate, it tries to get Mandalorian to trust the droid IG-11 yeah you know they can be reprogrammed all this stuff is like your fear I get it but this thing is no longer meant to kill yes it's no longer meant to do destruction to you it now protects yes and so I really enjoyed him going through that and showing the funny parts of uh, IG-11 being rebuilt and along with that Grief cargo's Change of Heart uh, at first I didn't like it but then I sat on it a little bit more and loved the change how he was in mortal danger, and because he was saved by Baby Yoda, he changes it. Because this also brings up the case where Quill's talking about, like, you know, Baby Yoda's like a using of the Force. They still don't know that it's the Force. Yeah, they still don't refer to it as the Force, but they're all so overtaken by this magic. Yeah, that even grief Karga has a change of heart, and I. I love that writing. I love how Cara Dune's character is more of an a integral part to the story. She's like, we shouldn't do this. I really don't like this situation. And she calls it. She totally calls it. She's the audience yeah. in this episode to me, where it's just like, I don't like this. Why are you going back? Just run, run off with Baby Yoda.
1: She literally says it's a trap.
0: Yeah. It, it, the the thing, and I think that was the thing that hurt Jean Crono in the or. I keep calling her Gina Caron. That's the <laughs> actor's actress's name. But it's Cara Dune. Cara Dune in uh, episode four, just she was cool. And I really liked her character. But I could tell that there was a lot to be desired that the audience didn't like in her character. That she wasn't doing anything, almost. Mm-hmm. And in this, we got that. So I'm very appreciative of the way that Deborah Chow moved her along to the series. Be like, I doubt it. I don't like this. You said there was going to be four. Now there's six. All these things that she's bringing up fantastic so i really loved how they 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 proved upon it. they're hitting all my beats and then my final thought which is my biggest thought the empire yes the terror i felt that the empire blew blew open a big hole in this bar uh was shooting up everyone it doesn't matter if you know it's the if it's the, the client, client, even though Mandalorian, I guess, I guess got, got one, one shot, shot in him. So right
1: as the shooting started, you could tell that uh, the client was shot in the back, and then the Mandalorian drew up and got him in the midst of all the firing going on. Yeah. So he got, he was actually the one to kill the client. He killed. Just a, like he was asked to.
0: He, he killed the client, and then all these at the same time they're getting fired upon. Yes. So this was great this is what the first order in these new films needs to be and we got a glimpse of that in uh the force awakens of the terrorizing of them that it felt like the the nazi copycat that george lucas originally wanted with the empire
1: well in the movies it's always felt like it's been on this such such a large scale of we're, we're destroying planets and you never really get to see the intimate moments of the people that are affected by it absolutely whereas with this you saw the terror on all of all of their faces you saw people die firsthand by these death troopers um you saw it more on a much more intimate scale so that to me i feel like invokes a lot more emotion whereas compared to the larger amounts of destruction that the first order does in uh the force awakens there's no real emotional connection to that destruction um
0: absolutely yeah i i agree with you there it's I, I, just something about the way the way it was shot, the way it was written. Deborah Chow's directing, John Favreau's show running. Here, this is this is the this felt like the original trilogy. This felt more. Yes. And there is a there is a scene in it's in the beginning of the game of uh the fallen order for Star Wars' new game, uh, where there are death troopers. There are the second and ninth sister of the uh, inquisitors, and. There is a they do a lineup and they look frightening. And something about getting stormtroopers and death troopers to line up mm-hmm. just with all their guns drawn, it just makes you feel like everything's over. And I'm very satisfied. And this is a big point for me, that the that the Empire is menacing again. And we yes. got a little bit of that from Quill's background, and this satisfies me immensely. This it's my favorite part. Of This episode is that the big bad is a big bad and it's a big bad that reminds me of the original trilogy
1: and there's that juxtaposition between or what the client said and what actually happens because he was saying in in part of his dialogue. That the the Empire uh, improves every system that it touches, and why would the Mandalorians uh, push back against their their growth? Why would they fight back? Because he he fully believes in what the Empire does. Yeah, he he's drinking the Kool Aid exactly. It's just like that that neo Nazi mentality of this is meant to improve your life. Why are you resisting? But it's being. Forced upon you and it may not be for your betterment, but it's for the betterment in their eyes of the society as a whole Um, So for them to lead up with that of the Empire improves everything it touches and then immediately kill so many people and show so much destruction and um, Just death raining down upon this town You you see what they're really about and like you said like you feel the weight of that um, that type of evil um, and I think it really gives us a much better perspective of who, uh, Moff Gideon is, who the empire is. Cause like I said, it gives it that more intimate connection to the destruction and the terror that it's, it's trying to convey.
0: Yeah. Moff, Moff Gideon's entrance felt a lot like a grand Admiral Thrawn type of, type of feel. Yes. And instead of, and he's a grand Moff, uh, as opposed to just being a normal Moff like Gideon is. And we got to see uh, Moff... Oh, dang it, what's his name? Uh, ben Mendelssohn's character in Rogue One. Yes. Yeah, oh, dang it. No, it's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ben Mendelssohn's character and that was one of those... Krennic. Director oh, yeah. Krennic. And I don't yeah. think he was in a moth. He was just a director. Director Krennic is yelling all the time. He's emotional. All this stuff. And it, which is similar as, to, uh, you know, Hux mm-hmm. from the new movies, but you know, a little bit more subdued when it comes to things going wrong. Yeah. Moff Gideon is fully uh, in control. He's fully, he's like, almost like Darth Vader with the hand, you know, just needs to put the hand up and you're instantly grasping for air. It, it's that kind of, it's that kind of, um, uh, it 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 just takes your breath away, and it makes you still like, almost like you're you can't move, and that's the kind of terror I want. I don't know. That's and I hope we get more of that going into season two. We have no idea. I don't know where this is going to go for a season, uh, for the the, for the, the finale. finale. I have no idea where this is going to go, but we see all a glimpse of it when, uh mando in the trailer of the show is shown like with uh with his uh wrist his wrist rope whatever the thing the grapple is like attached to the tie fighter oh
1: that's true yeah so So we're
0: we're probably gonna see how that plays out
1: i totally forgot about that shot
0: yeah and i hope i hope it ends on the cliffhanger that baby yoda is taken Yes. I hope they don't. I hope that the next season is about getting him back.
1: So you don't want them to kill him anymore?
0: Well, if they. Here. here, I will say this. If they do kill him at the end of it, or if he dies in the attempt to rescue him, Mm -hmm. uh, there better be some. Moth Gideon better get away. Okay. I don't want this to. I don't want this season to end. And it'd be like a new season of their next adventures, but as a crew, Yes. I want something to be at stake. I don't want it to be like what they do with um, Fargo, the the television series, where it's like every series is kind of locked in its own timeline. Yeah. It don't really cross over. And it's an interesting story. Don't get me wrong. But I want it to have an overarching uh, goal. I want there to be a villain going into the next season that is that could be Moff Gideon or something worse. Mm
1: -hmm. no i totally agree and uh i'm still banking on them kidnapping baby yoda um i'm waiting to see what what condition they leave the mandalorian in and now who knows who who they're who else they're going to kill off um i'm less certain that grief Karg is going to make it out alive um just because it seems like they've developed his character a bit more he's kind of redeemed himself and become more humanized a bit um uh, especially after being healed by baby yoda uh he's gone against the guild his own code uh, the... baby yoda healed his heart <laughs> and i i mean i don't know i'm about 50 50 split on whether caradoon's gonna make it out alive or not
0: i want her to
1: i i i, I community. she I know the
0: community has given her shit but i i think she's come around to it
1: well and it's this episode i feel like really developed all of the characters and made them all more well-rounded in general and kind of pushed. is it's propelling them into the next season into the, and into the finale. Um, so I, I would be su- extremely surprised if they didn't kill anybody else off. I definitely think we're going to get at least one more major death. And I definitely am calling baby. I was going to get, or going to stay kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's going to use the force or anything to, to get out of uh the, uh off that speeder. Cause he's pretty well knocked out still from, uh from healing grief Carga. And uh, going into season two, it's definitely going to be about retrieving him, about saving him. We've con- been confirmed that he's not a clone, he's not genetically altered, but I do think they're going to try and take him back to Camino to then yield an army of controlled, uh, uh, like an army of controlled things of that species, uh, these force-sensitive beings. I don't think it's obviously going to work, but I think we're going to we're going to get to that point and uh i am i can't wait to see how much higher the stakes are for season two because now everything's been established we know who these people are we know what they can do and now it's going to be about retrieving uh or pursuing the baby yoda more and i don't think we're going to get any more of these one-off side quests that we've gotten for half of this season i think the action is going to keep building and building from here on out
0: yeah i and I hope Disney listens to the fan base where it's like, hey, these one-off adventures, get rid of them. We don't, we don't want them.
1: Yeah, and I, I think they've done a good job of, in this episode, at least And I hope they're going to continue in the next one, of taking elements from those stories and tying them together, at least loosely, into this last one. The,
0: the only tie-in was episode four, though.
1: Well, I mean, so...
0: Because episode five, we don't know if that was Moff Gideon. I've heard some people on the internet say they think it's Boba Fett because they heard like they heard like um Spurs or something yeah. when they when the, they walked up to uh um uh Shan, Shan? no no Sand Shan Shand. <laughs> Shan's character Fennec Shan Fennec Shan Jesus yeah Not there <laughs> Fennec Shan's character and when uh, Moff Gideon walks out there in this episode. You don't see any spurs. You don't hear anything. Yeah. The boots that he's got are that all leather. No issue.
1: So yeah, they might have to address that. I, I it would it would suck if they didn't even bring that up at all in the next episode. Some people say big, uh, baby,
0: baby, you know, Boba Fett.
1: Yeah, I so I, I really was split, don't buy into that theory. I was split like, with, be between Boba Fett, Fett and Moff Gideon, Gideon, and I with it not being Moff Gideon. I just I don't know if I wanted to be Boba Fett, but I. I
0: Make it Dengar, or I mean, Bosque or uh, anybody else. IG eighty <laughs> eight. You know if they It can't be IG eighty eight just because of the silhouette. But if they make it, if they make it another Star Wars character that's not dead, because I hope if they do another another Darth Maul, will they bring Boba Fett back to life? I'm gonna be so pissed.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's definitely still a chance. There is still hope, but I I I want this to take us by surprise. I don't want the internet to have already guessed who it is. Yeah. I mean, because we were shocked, I think, by... To the degree to which Moff Gideon entered and how much of a mark he made on this episode. And I want us to be... If they do address it in the finale, I don't want that person just to swoop in and save everybody. I I want it to be real. I want it to feel authentic to the story. And I don't want it... I just don't... I don't know that I want it to be Boba Fett. I think it would be I cool. Don't. It'd be cool on paper, but I think in, in reality, it's just gonna just stir up a whole bunch of other stuff. It would
0: be like a bunch of kids writing a script. and be like, whoa, 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 what if Boba Fett showed up? Boba Fett didn't die. Yeah, Boba Fett didn't die. It just sounds like a bunch of kids are writing it. If they do that, and I don't I want don't it.
1: Want to. Let's be real. That that's exactly what happened with Dave Filoni and John Favreau. They just sat around in a room and played with their toys and made a script.
0: That, the thing about the the thing that makes it different from Darth Maul is that Darth Maul, everyone wanted more of. Yeah. Because they were like, what a cool Sith. And then he dies. Yeah. And they didn't even put the big weight. It's in the extended, extended like, uh, legends and all that stuff about how, you know, Obi-Wan boys be- became a Jedi Knight. And Yoda does make him a Jedi Knight at the end of Phantom Menace. But they didn't say it's because, hey, you killed the only Sith that, you know, you you killed a Sith and a Jedi hasn't killed a Sith in, like, hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. And Obi Wan Kenobi did it. And so they're like promoted promotion? Yeah. You know, they don't go into that. And so i'm uh, getting off topic about Darth Maul Darth Maul situation. Darth Maul is way cooler than Boba Fett. Get over it. Come at Get, me, bro. Come at me, audience. Darth Maul better than Boba Fett question mark? Yes.
1: Alright, so I guess the the thought I wanna leave us on is how on a scale of one to ten, how amped up are you for episode eight? and uh, the yes and do you still think Baby Yoda's gonna die um
0: so Taika Waititi is making his uh directing debut on this series for the finale uh given the tone that we have uh going into this I do not know but I feel like Baby Yoda is going to be rescued okay i feel like baby yoda is going to be rescued in this or you know what i'll take that back you know what i, I am taking it back i'm saying baby yoda is going to die and i'll tell you why and you're looking you give me that look and you just hold, hold on for a second from episode one we were established that the asset doesn't need to live right okay we established this yeah, yeah the herzog her says you can bring him in dead that's fine. And um, I'm. I have a feeling that you know they would rather just whack Baby Yoda, while they're trying to take him away to have him, rather than be able to ruin their plans. So I think that is the route that is going to happen.
1: Okay. Scale of one to ten, how amped up are you about Episode Eight?
0: Uh, episode Rise of Skywalker is going to play a big role into this. But right now, and this is pre-Rise of Skywalker, I'm feeling a nice nice eight and a half. Nice eight. Okay.
1: Nice little... Uh, <laughs> ooh, bless you. Nice little... Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Nice B plus there.
0: Yeah. A nice, a nice, a solid B. Um, and maybe that'll skyrocket after I spy, Skywalker, Skywalker, or maybe a little plummet. We'll, uh, we'll find out. How, what about you? Where do you rate this?
1: uh as far as the mandalorian
0: the hype for the hype for episode 8 the finale
1: i'm uh they got me back on this one i'm not gonna lie i'm i'm sitting at about a strong nine
0: yeah they nine they got time. me back into this see what wow. happens when you play with the a plot
1: yeah mostly yeah it's like it's like they uh, move the story forward
0: they better they better listen to the fans on this going oh, forward because if not it's gonna be a big poop
1: yep that's a strongly worded critique. It's yeah. just a big poop.
0: If they don't. If they don't for next season. When I see a filler episode, I'm going to lose my mind. Whew. I'm going to be like, this is not Naruto, Dragon Ball Z. Get it out of here. <sighs> but all right, everyone. <laughs> that seems to be it for this review of Mandalorian. And uh, just as a reminder, we're going to finish up our review of Mandalorian. But after that, we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus after that finale. Uh we'll come back in June. We're gonna do the same thing with the podcast, but we'll finish up our obligations for Mandalorian and then uh we'll go on a little break and then we'll come back with more content for everyone. Yes. Yes.
1: More things. Is and... there anything
0: else to announce, John?
1: Well uh just a reminder, so this week was weird with Mandalorian being released on Wednesday, but next week is back to a Friday release. There's nothing pushing it back because of the movies or anything. So it's it's back on Friday, uh probably a week from when this episode's getting released and uh anything else so yeah we're gonna have a main episode coming out here soon uh if not today and then made a review um if there's any type of content that you'd like us to uh produce ne- uh in 2020 uh let us know we're always open to ideas mm-hmm. i feel like we tried a couple things this year but continuing to grow try new things it's always good yeah um, so if there's any, any shows that you're looking forward to you would like to see reviews, uh, let us know. We definitely want to check them out. Yeah. Any movies you want us to review, tell us what to do, please.
0: I'm not reviewing Cats. No, no. oh, well, that's too late for so, I'm that. Not, I'm not, well, I mean cats is going to be out on friday but i i don't want to see cats
1: no no one's going to see cats because they released at the same time as star wars they're burying this movie chris it's go it's going oh, to suck i didn't suck. even
0: think about that yeah oh my, oh my gosh, gosh. <laughs> i talked about that with you about um about wonder woman 1984 probably getting buried in a release schedule nope if they're gonna do this with cat wow
1: this movie's dead rest in peace cats <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. All right, everyone. Everyone have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Uh, Wonderful time. Enjoy your time with your family, and we will see you next year. Or next Mandalorian View. We'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.